As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standig, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which of course means on Saturday I spent my afternoon watching the Commanders play the Kansas City Chiefs falling 24 to 14. I uh, watched this one from the couch, did not make the trip to Kansas City. I will be on the road during the season, have no fear, but uh, didn't go out for this one. So it was interesting to watch the game from that perspective. Great to hear Doc Walker on the call. Always exciting um, for that. And um, we're going to talk about the game with a guy who was part of the radio broadcast yesterday, Scott Jackson, who is the post game show host for the uh team uh for the team the radio station you can follow him on twitter at jackson sports and we went through kind of our impressions of the game on both sides of the ball obviously the third down defense was once again a problem for this group and, and yes patrick mahomes is kind of important kind of a good right we, we get we get that and you know the good news for washington is that'll be the best quarterback they face all year in theory i mean they will get aaron Rodgers, but rogers um, you know, no Devontae Adams. We'll see what Kansas, we'll see what Green Bay looks like uh, in terms of their weapons. Obviously, Rodgers is, is a tremendous quarterback. But other than that, this is not a year in which they have the murderer's row of quarterbacks like they did a year ago. That said, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield last week in the opener can uh, help Carolina convert their first three third down opportunities. This game, Kansas City went, started five for five and uh, went up 14 to nothing behind Mahomes. Scott and I'll get into that. We'll also share our thoughts on Carson Wentz and the offense, some good things, but ultimately they didn't score. We'll go through that, talk about uh, Sam Howell, the running back situation, and Jamin Davis and a bunch more uh, here on the podcast, which, of course, you can find on iTunes or Spotify or listen ad-free on the Athletic app. I should mention that, Maury, if you want to listen to no commercials, you can listen to it on the Athletic app. Subscribe there. You can go click through to any of my articles. Uh, including my my uh, takeaways from yesterday's game, and uh, you can click, the, you can sign up through there. I believe it's still a dollar a month. I think. Um, I wanted to step, uh, discuss one aspect of this, and that's the Antonio Gibson part. So, Antonio Gibson did indeed play uh, on special teams yesterday. He returned the opening kickoff. I honestly was not sure that that would happen, just from a, almost like an injury perspective, right? Like not try to get him out, use him in that way, but. They did, and I would imagine we may see this more in part because 
obviously as a pure weapon, Antonio Gibson with his size and speed would be absolutely a blast to watch in space on returns. And the fact that Brian Robinson continues to look sharp and to me looks like the better bet on early downs, but Scott and I will get more into that in a second. Uh, Washington also used Gibson a little bit more in space at, you know, at lining him up at receiver, getting him the ball, you know, having the, or having the receivers, you know, kind of rush down the field and Gibson work underneath in a one-on-one situation. Uh, here's the thing, I guess the part of what's been so odd to me over his first two years is how little they did this before. And, you know, Ron Rivera at times makes a comment about, you know, that Gibson was a receiver in college, which as we know, that was the case. And, you know, they got to use those skills. Yeah. I don't know where this has been for the last two years. Now they obviously do have JD McKissick who fills that sort of passing back, passing down situation but Gibson this is where he's always been better suited to me is a guy you get in space not a guy you're trying to have read running lanes up the middle consistently Robinson is clearly the better fit there but Gibson look he could be a huge weapon in this in this regard I just wish they had sort of leaned into this a little bit more last year um but that said it is wild how things have turned here and how Robinson to me clearly is the lead back and again Scott and I'll talk about this more lead back meaning the early downs situation um it's just sort of frustrating to me watching gibson that they just have not been able to figure this out previously this guy is a you know that buffalo play last year right the screen pass he goes 73 yards uh for for the, for the catch and run and it doesn't just doesn't feel like they just did that enough so it's exciting on the one hand to actually see if they can do this uh but how do you get all three of these running backs how does the usage break down? I think that's going to be such a fascinating dynamic to watch here uh, going forward, but I'm glad they got Gibson involved in space. I, I just like, it's one of these things where like, I don't want it to be said and discussed as if like, this is like some new revelation. It's absolutely not, not even close, but all right, this is where, this is where they are at. Um, I did want to mention some other uh, notes from the game. So we knew going in, that they were going to likely be without their top three guards, seeing as how Trey Turner has not practiced for weeks. Uh, Andrew uh, Norwell did not practice last week, and Wes Schweitzer suffered a hip injury that Ron Rivera seemed to express some level of concern about uh, the other day. We knew those guys would be out, which would be limited inside. Sadiq Charles ended up playing left guard Aaron Montero, who is you know a, a guy, right? Uh, he played right guard. But Charles Leno also did not play. As notable, Leno did not practice on Thursday. He was given a vet day off earlier in the week, then didn't practice on Thursday. Rivera told reporters after the game that he's dealing with a little medical issue. Don't know what that means, and I'm not going to begin to speculate, but obviously um, that's notable because, you know, who knows? And, you know, to to be down that many offensive linemen, plus Chase Rouillet returned. He made his first uh, action since... Uh, suffering that uh, broken fibula and uh, uh, ankle ligament injury last year in the Denver game on Halloween. It was good to see him out there. He played about 19 snaps, which is what the first team offense played with Wentz. Wentz came out when, when Ruye came out. Uh, So that was good to see, but he was limited too. So uh, they will, you know, I feel like we've reached a point in this, in the off season here, the preseason, as it were, where the injuries now matter. Not saying they didn't matter before, but in terms of the regular season, we're kind of like, yeah, hey, you have some time. 
Well, you don't really anymore, right? And this third preseason game coming up Saturday against the Ravens, we'll see if the starters play at all. Most of my colleagues seem to think that they won't. I, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I understand it from the risk perspective from an injury, but like the offense is not, you know, what has the offense really done? One, one scoring drive and six possessions. I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world to get them out there. Now, if you're telling me the offensive line is still completely beat up, okay, you have to sort of weigh that option. But, you know, I, I would consider that, um, you know, if you want to keep out certain players on either side of the ball, I get it. Like Jonathan Allen, we probably don't need to see him anymore. You know, Kendall Fuller, probably he's good, you know, et cetera. But whatever. My, 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 my point, though, is we're getting closer. And Trey Turner has not practiced since the end of July. And then you look at, like, the tight end situation, right? Um, I mean, Armani Rogers and Eli Wolf were the only tight ends they had available. Uh, you know, two guys who – Wolf wasn't even on the team at the start of training camp, and Rogers, you know, was was not even the undrafted free agent that everybody was talking about because that was Curtis Hodges at the time who was also out yesterday, along with John Bates and Cole Turner. At some point, you're going to have to get some people back here for this room. I don't even just mean that you can't have two tight ends got to get some you got to get some more experience going on here. So let's just see where everybody is going forward here cuz also it's not just getting on the field. You got to get back into football shape for these guys who've been out multiple weeks that includes Bates, Turner, etc. So I think this is a good week, an important week I think to start seeing the injuries for us to start pressing around Rivera a bit more on who's going to be available, who's not going to be available. Uh Corn Elder uh on the defensive side went into the concussion protocol yesterday. My sense is he's okay. But we'll see about that officially later on. Obviously, cornerback is already a pretty thin group behind Kendall Fuller, William Jackson, Benjamin St. Juice, and I guess Danny Johnson as the fourth. So we'll see how uh, how that goes there. Bunby Routini also uh, left the game with a leg injury. You know, they have got a bunch of, I keep saying lottery tickets um, at pass rusher. Uh, your William Bradley Kings, your Shaka Tonys. Your, your bummy routines. And, you know, I, 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 I think that, you know, Shaka Tony had one and a half sacks yesterday. Uh, William Bradley King played more snaps than, than Tony by a decent amount. I think it was like 22 to 15. So I think he's looked pretty good. He was on my 53 um, at the, at the end, but, um, or my last 53, I should say, but we'll see um, what they have there. They still, you know, Who's the third guy? Like, let's just even say Chase Young is back. Who's the third guy to give you some pass rush pressure? I still don't know if that player exists, obviously. Maybe it's ultimately F.A. Obata, who I thought was around the ball a decent amount yesterday. Uh, and he's a guy that can use inside and outside as well. But I don't think he's a guy that you're going, wow, look at this guy coming off the edge. He's a huge human being, I will say. But, um, you know. That that's still a question uh, there for sure. Uh, whether that's going to get resolved here in this last game, uh, I don't know. But those guys, those are the types of guys that will certainly play a bunch. Um, other than that, you know, look, Scott and I will get into a lot of different aspects here of this game for sure in just a moment. Um, as a reminder, uh, they will play the Ravens in Baltimore on Saturday. Uh, as I'm talking to you, the Ravens, I believe, are playing today. They're winning their 21 game preseason game winning streak is alive at this moment. I really hope they win this game. So we have that fun storyline next week. Uh, you know, can, can, you know, can, can you stop the Ravens preseason juggernaut? 
Obviously, the results don't matter, but that's kind of a fun one, right? It gives you some reason to say, hey, the preseason matters in some nominal way uh, for sure. Um, all right, so more to come this week on the podcast. But right now, let's get to my conversation with Scott Jackson, breaking down this game, uh, Commander's Fall 24-14, but lots to discuss. We'll do that right now, myself and Scott Jackson. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, joining the podcast as promised, he is our returning champion, but more importantly, he is the host of the Commander's Post Game Show. What is it, on the Big 100 now? I, I, Big I 100, um, and of course, uh, you can watch it on the Commander's YouTube channel. Well, the first hour they put us up on YouTube usually, uh, and you can check that out there and uh, wherever people may be, because I know people don't all live, live and listen in our little area here, because obviously there's a lot of folks around, but you know, all around the Washington Commander's Radio Network. There you go. Well, those are the dulcet, uh, vo- that's the dulcet tones of Scott Jackson at Jackson Sports on Twitter, who does the postgame show with Fred Smoot. And, uh, you know, we're we're talking Sunday morning. Um, had a, a little time to at least process it. I went and watched um, back the first half a little bit. Um, and uh, I wanted to get impressions of a guy who had to spend an awful lot of time talking about this postgame. Um, so first off, I guess, just give me, what 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 what's your what what's your main takeaway from the second preseason game? Well, I think for starters, the defense again, it's the same old same old, right? They can't they have a pretty good first and second down de- defensive stance, and then a third down they get burned. And certainly, you got to say, well, hey, Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes, that's fine, but it's still the same old stuff. Like you know, rush integrity, as Ron Rivera likes to talk about with the ends not setting the edge, just like the little things that seem to add up. And by the way, that wasn't always Travis Kelsey beating you downfield yesterday. Some guy number 84 uh, was the one doing it as well. And it just looked like, they, you know, Kansas City could, you know, when they wanted to turn it on, were able to turn it on against this defense. And I know we can just, you know, keep saying it's a preseason, it's a preseason. But, I mean, there's clearly there's clearly some issues there still. Now, the good news is, look, they're not going to play the Chiefs this year. They're not. They're not. I don't think anybody was under the illusion that Washington was on the same level with the Chiefs anyway, ones versus ones. Uh, so I guess you got to look at it that way as well. But there's certainly a lot of work to do on that side of the ball, which uh, is a con- continuing theme. And I think offensively, well, well, let's just stay with let's just stay with the yeah. defense just yeah, just to yeah, yeah. dial it because I do agree. Look, you're right. It, Mahomes is freaking Mahomes, yeah. right? I mean, he makes some, awesome. some of those cockamamie side arm B throws. You're like, oh come on, what is what what, what are we right. doing here? Um, but you know, this is, you know, you're an NFL defense and for better or for worse, Washington kept its defensive unit basically intact other than Chase Young, who was hurt. The defense was out there yesterday. Everybody else was there and what happened to happen. I think that the secondary seemed to do a pretty good job in coverage. I mean, Mahomes had to, uh, yeah. the issue was often like he had to buy, he was able to you know move around, buy some time till somebody got open. And it felt like the defensive line was close but could never quite corral him. And again, that may be just Mahomes being Mahomes. But yeah, at the end of the day, they gave up their, uh, the, the Mahomes went five for five on third down conversions, 
after last week when the Panthers converted their first three, and we as we you know as we know last year third down was an issue, and whatever it is, the secondary, the front, uh, you know, the, the front seven, whatever, it is still off, and you know that that that's uh, that's notable. Yeah, and look, the linebackers um, are still very thin, as we know. We we don't know. And it looks like Jamin Davis does is doing some better things, which is, is positive. His teammates are certainly talking him up like uh, they, they're seeing it daily. So that's helpful. Uh, you know, and again, Cole Holcomb has been the solid guy there. But, you know, there's not much depth there. That hasn't changed. And I, and I do think there are some questions in the secondary and, you know, how this whole setup's going to work uh, with Kendall Fuller on the outside versus being the nickel, which he would thrived at for years. And then, of course, you know, having St. Juice, to really we didn't see a ton of last year because of injury. Uh, if he's going to really be able to hold up as a nickel for the whole season. But, you know, they, they, they can't have one without the other, right? You have to have the pass rush or you're going to hurt the secondary and the secondary has got to help the pass rush at times as well. But yesterday, I agree with you. I think it was more so it was a pass rush issue or a rush integrity issue. And who knows, maybe in the regular season, they would have, you know, pulled out some exotic blitzes and exotic looks, maybe spied on Mahomes. I don't know. Maybe they would have done some things differently if they were truly game planning, but here's what we know. The results have not been good for them on third downs for, you know, well over a year now. So I think that's why people are a little bit concerned as they head into what I would imagine will be nothing in the third preseason game, right? I don't think we'll see anybody out there of any significance. So I don't think we'll get any answers really until week one when they play Jacksonville. I'm intrigued to see if they do play them at all. I mean, there's a big gap between the last preseason game and the start of the year. So obviously you always want to avoid the injuries, but yeah, you also need to get going. We'll talk about that more, I think, with the offense in a, in a, in, a, in a moment. Um, you know, look, in, in an attempt to find some positives, you mentioned Jamin Davis. I mean, there are definitely some plays where you can see him being uh, uh, more assertive. I, you know, I, I've been saying for a while, when he's closer to the line of scrimmage, I feel like he is, when he's, like, attacking, I feel like that's where he's been better. He had, he had a good, um, he sniffed out a good uh, a run play on, on one time. There was, there was one pass. Uh, on the second Kansas City touchdown drive, where Mahomes, they're around the they're, they're around the Washington twenty. Mahomes hits the running back out of the backfield. And he gets it inside the ten. On that play, Davis was indecisive. He yeah. couldn't decide whether to attack Mahomes or drop into coverage, and Mahomes hit the running back accordingly. But in general, he seemed to be uh, better, and they're going to need that level of playmaking in the middle. Um, and it's weird, like the defensive line, like I kept noticing, like F.A. Obata seemed to be around the ball. And, uh, you know, later in the game, Shaka Tony had um, one and a half sacks. William Bradley King had some moments, but it didn't quite get there. And I, and I have not looked at the all 22 yet, so I don't sure. want to say, hey, where was Deron Payne? I didn't quite notice a, 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 a ton of Jonathan Allen, but that could be. I, I, need, to, I need to look and see what sure. happened there. But ultimately, yeah, I mean, like it's almost like on some level we've talked about this a lot, the depth like where's the six man so to speak i don't know who yeah. the, the player coming in that's gonna give you a little bit extra you know when when the starters can't like every single play so i don't know the, the, the defense has been frustrating but again mahomes is mahomes and it's, <laughs> it's a little hard to completely uh junk on them in in, in that regard well I, I just think you know we had 
look, you're they're they're telling us things are different, communications better, this, that, and the other, but then you're not seeing it, right? I think that's that's the thing I, I take away beyond the like the results, like which is irrelevant, clearly. And the the ones if they stay out there longer, maybe they make adjustments. You know how these things are. I mean, they're playing a real football game. A lot of things could change, right? Like, I mean, eventually Wentz and these guys are gonna adjust and go to something that works, perhaps, or just stick with you know, Brian Robinson Jr. more because he was pretty successful or whatever you want to call it. But you know, you just like to think if they played a full game, maybe things got better. We know Kansas city they go through these lulls where they're just disinterested for quarters and a halves and of course can flip the switch when they need to and play great but i think that was the impressive thing from the Chiefs' side of it was they came out ready to go immediately yesterday which is not always the case but maybe that's the urgency knowing hey you're gonna get two series or whatever it well, was from them you know it wasn't opposite of the game they actually played last year oh, where yeah. it was tight early and then they, then the chiefs pulled away right they, they right. didn't even feel like they were like that impressive but they just had too much and yeah. um and and did get it get get it get it going um but yeah look i mean you know the, the second touchdown pass mahomes threw came curls right there on the tight end but that yep. was the play after the game where ron rivera called out uh the 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 pass rush casey two hill yep. gets pushed too far up the field mahomes steps into the space where where two hill vacated montez went can't quite that get there mahomes fires and even though cam curls right there with the tight end you know, he's Mahomes and he got, got out to the guy. So yes, right. All all these things have to work in concert. They keep talking about improvement and there does seem to be, but at the same point, you know, the results are what, what the results are. Um, Well, yeah. And we saw, look, we saw that kind of play last year too, whether it was sweat or young, right? Like where they would get a little bit too far upfield and and allow quarterbacks to step up safely. So that's gotta be frustrating for Ron Rivera. And he looks frustrated talking about that play uh, yesterday. Uh, as well, even though we, you know, again, continue to go back and say, hey, it's just preseason. But uh, again, these things have been points of emphasis uh, throughout the offseason, you know, and probably since whatever week it was last year, <laughs> you know, where this has been going on. So that's the, fr- and this isn't a guy who's like a rookie. He, he played here. He should know like exactly what they're expecting of him. Um, all right, let's go to the other side of the ball. Though everybody wants to talk about the offense. Uh it's sort of the same deal, right? Like all three drives with Carson Wentz got to at least midfield, roughly. Like one yeah. one possession only got to I think Washington's own like forty five, but then they didn't cross the fifty. But the other, the first possession they did just a little bit past the fifty, and the second possession they got inside the thirty, only to stall when Wentz took that sack on yeah. third down. So you know, on the one hand, yeah, the offense moved the ball enough, and. You know, there were some positive developments. Wentz had a nice throw to Terry McLaurin over the middle. Jahan Dotson got involved. Obviously, we'll talk about the running back situation. Brian Robinson continues to look decisive. And Antonio Gibson, you know, as a as a receiver, not saying he's playing receiver, right. but as a receiver, he had more receiving yards yesterday than he did in all but two games last year. And overall, I think the offensive line held up considering playing without any of their top three guards. Um, that said, they scored no points. And, you know, the Wentz sack is sort of the epitome of like one, you know, hit some of his issues that, right. that you know, we kind of knew about. Hold it too long. Yeah, he holds it too long. And he even said after the game, he knew he couldn't take a sack. So it's basically it's third and 10. They just take a whole a, a false start on Sam Cosme, drops him back five yards. You're still in field goal range, though. And he, he can't take the sack. He takes a sack. And he says he knows that. But then as the play starts to unfold, the instincts kick in and he starts scrambling around. And that is right there sort of the dilemma is that Carson Wentz's basic instincts when it comes to what he's looking for do not always wor- uh, work with fundamental football at times. And and there is 
the 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 rub on on that play. All that said, the offense, you know, I think you can still say the offense's ceiling is still higher because of Wentz and and, and all that. But you, they didn't score any points. Where are you uh, harshing on the deep, on the offense today? Or are you more sympathetic? Yeah, I, I think they're all fair. I mean, and then this is the other thing with Carson beyond the sack is, I mean, there's a couple plays. There's always a couple plays where you're like, if he gets the ball out a tick quicker to the receiver in space, then it's a bigger play versus kind of receiver waiting on ball, ball behind, ball placement. These kind of things are issues with him. We see these at practice. And so, you know, people are saying, well, your guys are too overly critical on what this guy does at practice. But then if it shows up on, on the game tape, no, this is a, a recurring pattern. And yes, he's been around the league long enough now. He knows dang well he can't hold on to that ball. And by the way, he knows going into the game, he's got this, you know, basically, you know, band-aid of a middle of an offensive line. You'd think his clock would have sped up a little bit, right? <laughs> you think he would have been a little bit faster uh in, in trying to process yesterday in that regard and actually i thought the line held up pretty well but i'll say this i mean if it's a real game again maybe you stick with some things that are working longer right like brian robinson was working maybe you're a little bit more patient with the run that sets up some other things uh it was great to see Jahan dodson get the ball and you can see what he can do with him he's, he's definitely got some wiggle to him uh, so that that was encouraging i thought gibson did a nice job playing that reserve role you saw him more involved in the passing game i don't think that was by accident so I think there's some good things there uh, going on as well. Uh, and, you know, Cam Sims, hopefully, you know, just seeing him make that play with Brandon, the second team quarterback, will remind the staff that he's more ready to play than number two, Denami Brown is right now. And that, that's probably the pecking order or the way the pecking order should be uh, when the season starts. You know, he should be the fourth guy. Uh, he shouldn't be waiting behind Brown. So I 100%. don't know. but Yeah. So I, I just think there's some things you can look at the more positive. There's definitely more upside on offense. And again, you know, again, you got to give a guy a full game. You know, I mean, a quarterback, we're not going to get that. I mean, obviously, we're not going to get that until it matters, right, against the Jags. And maybe that's bad because, you know, Doug Peterson's on the other sideline. He knows Carson better than anybody. You know, and his last game was against the Jags. I don't know. But I, I tend to look at that more of a half-full situation, the offense, than the defense right now. Uh, you know, and granted, neither one of them, I think, has raised the bar in terms of expectations for this team. I think if you thought this team was a – seven eight nine ten tops win team you're probably not changing that i don't think they're awful by any means but i also don't think they've they've knocked me over to say oh yeah man this is a division champion kind of team uh beyond right after watching these first couple of games and granted it's not a ton of time right i mean in, you know in fairness to wentz if you go back and look at the training camp depth start at tight end when it started the top six guys yeah. either were or are, are either no longer on the roster or were unavailable yeah right you had to go all the way down to Armani sure. Rogers who continues to look like he's a, an interesting player but an undrafted free agent rookie who played quarterback in college okay that's their starting tight end yeah. an offensive line you you know they're, they're down to their fourth string guard into Deke Charles and then after that they started at right guard a guy at Aaron Montero who I, I haven't for one second considered he's making the team let alone right starting in the preseason game but that's where they're at and the line still held up but you would like to think they'll be better when Andrew Norwell, Trey Turner, Wes White, or some combination are on the field. And then you get back, you know, a John Bates, a Cole Turner, let alone yeah. a Logan Thomas and all that benefits Carson Wentz. So you, I think it is important to keep all that um, in mind um, on, on the running back situation. It is what a world it's been. I mean, just, what it was <laughs> like oh, just over a week ago, right? If you would, if anybody said who's the starting running back, you know it's a pretty easy answer to say sure. Antonio Gibson, and then we'll see how Brian Robinson works out. Two preseason games later, 
I think it's pretty fair to say that Brian Robinson should be their lead back because on early downs, he's just the more consistent guy. He's re- I, I was I was watching and watching the replay. He's really good at staying keeping his shoulders, you know, uh, towards the line of scrimmage. He's able to stay parallel. So you know, he's able to uh, you know when he sees something to attack it quickly. He's not uh, you know uh, not as much going sideline to sideline, which is I think what Ron Rivera, one of his criticisms of Gibson, has been. Um. But then simultaneously, yeah, Gibson is a guy that can make plays in the passing game. So they did that as well. No J.D. McKissick last night. I I still think this is what's so interesting is how do you incorporate all three of these guys? It's one of those things that people say it's a great problem to have. And I'm not saying it's a problem, but at the same point, how do you do that? You all these guys are going to want to want the ball, want to play. And that's where I think it's still interesting where Gibson fits in, because the other two guys are more obvious. Gibson is sort of in between. But how do you get the in-between guy going here? Yeah, and it seems like kick return is going to be a real part of his life. I mean, yeah, yeah, he, he, a, he returned the first one. Yeah, yeah. If you look at it, I mean, I don't think Erickson makes the team. I, I think Milne's got the that last wide receiver spot if that's the number they stick at. We didn't even see uh, Kelvin Harmon get any opportunities yesterday, so uh, I, I feel pretty sure that's the way they're going to go, barring any last minute injury or issues there. But you know, that will be. I, I think it's more of a rotational thing, right? I mean, like we've seen teams do well with you know two backs and rotations in the league. I mean. It seemed, you know, the Patriots have made a living off this. Here's a Brady, like you never really knew who was the first and second down backers. And you get the most work that day each week is something different. Uh, they did that with the Bucks as well at times. I mean, Andy Reid's done it over his career too. I think that's what you're going to see here. I think it's going to be a rotational thing. It's going to be, uh, as they say, the hot ham, which is a, just a, a curse word to fantasy football players uh, trying to get trying to get uh, any any clarity. But I mean, clearly, it was cool to see Gibson catch the ball more, right? I mean, finally, like, here's a guy who's been a, was a college-wide receiver. And they really don't split him out as much as you would have thought these first two years. I mean, screen plays have been few and far between. Of course, the one was debater last year against the Bills. And then I don't even know if we saw another one the rest of the year. It didn't feel like it, at least. We probably did. But you know what I mean? So it's just like it's been kind of weird. I think McKissick, as you said, he's got the defined role. He, he's still the guy. I hope Carson Wentz understands what he has there. And it was good to see him in the first preseason game, finally, because he is the ultimate, you know, get out of jail free card on third down uh, because he, the way he gets open and obviously runs great routes and is, you know, got great after the catch. He can really save you if you have to throw underneath the chain. So, you know, we'll see uh, how it works, but yeah, I mean, I think boy, Brian Robinson just looked like a pro from the jump. Um, he didn't do anything to lose the job yesterday. I don't think they're going to put him in harm's way next week. So, yeah, I would suspect week one against Jacksonville when they take the field for the first time on offense, he's the guy behind Wentz. Um, and just in the last couple seconds, I got you here. Uh, the other two quarterbacks, sure. Taylor Heineke and Sam Howell. Um, Heineke came in at the end of the first half, looked much better than he did last week, I thought. He led them straight down the field uh, for a touchdown. Uh, Cam Sims, uh, a great pass back of the end zone. Sims, was, you know, he's a big guy. We, we, this yeah. is why he needs to be the fourth receiver because he gives you – size of where they, they don't have it otherwise um he came he, he made that catch right after getting smacked and looked like he might could be legit hurt a couple of plays yeah. later he gets a touchdown uh sam howell comes in basically does the whole second half and you know i don't think he was as sharp as he was the previous week he threw an interception late when they had a chance with about 230 left to try to do the you know the rally down three but he throws a pick and that kind of sealed the win for KC, uh, what would you think of the of the quarterbacks? Well, I think if there, look, there was a, as you know, on the on the Bird app, there was a movement for Sam Howell to be pushed up the depth chart. Then there was this idea that he was taking reps against ones 
which all that was with scout team, right? And people yeah, were getting a little was... ahead of themselves. And I get it. He's a, he's an intriguing prospect, a guy that was probably this time last year expected to be in the first two rounds of a draft. He falls to five. You get him there. He has a lot of talent. He's got a lot of upside still, but he's your third quarterback. In the in the if the season goes the way you want it to, if you're if you're Ron Rivera and this staff, Carson Wentz plays as a starter the whole season. Uh, Tabor Heineke is your break glass backup because we've seen him come in games and win with little to no work during a week. And Taylor, I think, just showed you again yesterday who he is, right? I mean, he's he can be a guy that's dependable to come in after, you know, a little bit of a, you know, a shaky out. I mean, this was really just one bad pass in that game, but, you know, it's a pick. And then Hal's so good. People are like, oh, look at Sam Howe, you know. But I think yesterday Heineke just, you know, ended any of that fan stuff because I think the coaching staff knows. Heineke's their second guy. They, they've never wavered on that. And Hal's the third guy. And you hope that he handles all the things he needs to learn as a quarterback Tuesday through Saturday, you know, this year. And when it's his time, you know, whether it's next season he gets a push at it or it's the season after that and season after that, that he's, he's ready to do it. All right. I need to let you get back to your sure. real world uh, at Jackson Sports on Twitter. Uh, Commander's postgame show. He's always on the Team 980 and 106.7. Uh, my guy, appreciate it. Enjoy your, uh, your, your Sunday. Hopefully it's a lazy one now that you're done with me. All right. Thanks, Ben. I'm always lazy, whether it's uh, hanging out with you or not. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, man.